0: Now, faith is one of those subjects in the Bible, in the body of Christ, that has been misrepresented, uh, misunderstood by so many people. So many people, so many denominations uh, really don't understand that, what faith is. And in fact, uh, a lot of Christians are disappointed or disillusioned concerning faith. Why? Because many people have been taught faith, or many people have believed that they have faith, and they're believing for a mountain moving faith, and the mountain doesn't move. So after a while, you think, ah, I don't, I'm not sure about this faith thing. So there's a lot of disillusionment, a lot of misunderstanding. There's a lot of misrepresentation concerning faith. You know, pastors get discouraged concerning faith. Sometimes they're believing for a building. They're believing for expansion or whatever. And, and it doesn't happen or you don't see it happen. And so you begin to wonder about faith. But you know what? Faith is too important to just brush aside. Did you hear what I said? It's too important to just brush aside. You know, the Bible says that you and I, we are people of faith. That's how we are. The Bible calls our, what we believe in the faith, the true faith. Amen. We are called believers. Believers are supposed to believe something. You and I are called believers. Say, I'm a believer. Say, I'm not a doubter. Hallelujah. The truth is many of us don't understand what Bible faith is. And that is what the problem is. So this series is going to help us to dig in, to really examine faith. I don't know, you may have heard teachings on faith. I want you to have like a, an open mind and an open heart today. You know, say, God, I want you to teach me something fresh, something new. Say, open my eyes that I'll behold wondrous things from your word. Can you say amen? Amen. So we are believers. We are, we are people of faith. We know the Bible says faith pleases God. It's important to God. It's one of the things that literally pleases God. When God sees faith expressed in your life, it pleases him. He has a smile on his face. In fact, he has a whole chapter about people who please him. A chapter on the hall of faith. Different people like Abraham, the father of faith, Noah, and David, and, and, and Moses, and all these folks, Sarah different people and and god just was just showing in that chapter the people that pleased him i'm trusting that you want to be one of the people that please god i'm trusting that when god looks down on the earth when he looks down on guelph he sees you and he sees your faith and it makes him happy hallelujah so we want to dig into what faith is all about what it's all about. We're going to look at the importance of faith in this series. We're going to see how, um, how the Bible defines faith. There are two packed passages in the scriptures that literally define what faith is. We're also going to see that faith can be measured, you know, and all these indications are to help us see if we are in faith concerning different things in our lives. We're going to see how faith comes, how faith can can come and grow in us, how we can increase in faith, the characteristics of faith. We're going to look at all these things to help us on the subjects of faith. We're going to look at the power and the force of faith for everyday living. You don't want to miss this series. Turn to someone and say, you don't want to miss this series. Uh, Come on, say it like you mean to say, you don't want to miss this series. Amen. Today, we're going to look at the importance of faith the importance of faith and my i'm going to look at scripture from habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 and it says behold the proud his soul is not upright in him but the just or the righteous or the one who has right standing with God, the just shall live by his faith. I want you to notice something interesting here. It's talking about the just or the righteous. Now, the Bible tells us in the New Testament that each one of us, we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, Christ's righteousness has been imputed on us. That's a good place to say hallelujah. Okay, so now you are made righteous because of Christ. So this verse applies to you. It says the just or the righteous shall live by his faith. I want you to notice another thing. It says shall live by what? His faith. So if you are the righteous, you are supposed to live by your faith. It is critical to see that you have to live by your faith. When you are 5 years old or 10 years old or 12 years old or 15 years old, your mom's faith can carry you. Your dad's faith can carry you. Your pastor's faith can carry you to a certain point. But if you are the righteous, as you grow in Christ, you have to live by your faith. You can't depend on somebody else's faith. You have to live by your faith. That is why it's important, because we are called to live by faith now this scripture is repeated three times in the new testament romans chapter 1 verse 17 it, it says again that the just shall live by faith it says for in in it the righteousness of god is revealed from faith to faith that's the righteousness that is in jesus christ and it says as it is written it's quoting habakkuk it says the just or the righteous shall live by faith then you look at galatians chapter 3 verse 11 a powerful chapter it says but 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 that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. And it says again, it repeats this from Habakkuk, for the just shall live by faith. Then we see in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38, it says, now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. God is looking for a people of faith. He's looking for people who believe what he says. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He's looking for people who stand on his word. He's looking for people who search out his promises and and put him to the test concerning his promises. He's looking for people who can invoke covenants like David did when he was on the battlefield. He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He was saying, this guy does not have covenants. The just shall live by faith. You are called to live by faith. I am called to live by faith. Amen. In the Old Testament, that word live that we see in Habakkuk chapter 2. That word live is the word hayah. And it means to stay alive. To be pers- preserved. To flourish. To enjoy life. To live in happiness. To breathe. To recover health. To restore life. To life, to repair. That word live. So the, the Bible is telling us that we live by faith. We are preserved by faith. We flourish in life by faith. We experience the abundant life by faith. We live for Jesus by faith. Glory to God. You and I are called to live by faith. Hallelujah. That is powerful. We recover health by faith. Every restoration is by faith. We live by faith. We are preserved by faith. Glory to God. So notice what it says. The just shall live by faith or by his faith. Faith is supposed to be a lifestyle. It's not just when you need a miracle for healing. Or when you need a miracle for for a a financial breakthrough. You are supposed to live by faith. When you wake up on Monday and you don't want to go to work on Monday because of your boss, you are supposed to go to work by faith. Hallelujah. You are supposed to forgive your wife by faith. You are supposed to forgive your mom by faith. You are supposed to give by faith. Even when you don't have enough, God says he loves a cheerful giver. So by faith, even though the tears may be coming, you have a smile on your face. We are supposed to live by faith. It's a lifestyle. It's not just once in a while. You're supposed to live every single day by faith. Even when we are dying, we're supposed to die by faith. We should not be afraid of dying because of the promises that God has, that when we are absent in the body, we are present with the Lord. So there should should be no fear when you're on your deathbed, because you believe what God has said, that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, that his angels would come and take charge of you and take you into the presence of the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Faith is a lifestyle. It should be a lifestyle. That's why the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't walk by our five senses, only by the things we see and hear and taste and so on. We're supposed to walk by faith, by what God's word says, by what God's promises say. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So faith is important. In fact, the Bible says that fight the good fight of faith. That word fight means there's a contention, there's a battle. And many of us don't realize that there is a battle concerning our faith, concerning what God has said in our lives. It is a fight. And Paul told Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. In the book of Ephesians, he says that, you know, we we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And one of the armor was faith, the shield of faith. Folks, it's a battle. Life is a battle. And we need faith to overcome. Can I hear a good amen? So how much do we need faith? First of all, we need faith to be get saved. We need faith for salvation. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, not of your, your of works, lest you must boast. It is the gift of God, but by grace through faith. So you're saved by faith. It is through faith that you, you get the grace of God. It is through faith you get that word saved. And that word saved is the word sozo. I love that word. It means deli- to be, deliver, to protect, to heal, to preserve, to do well, to make whole. It's all by faith. It's all by faith. Glory to God. So every blessing of, and, and, or, or promise of God is received through faith. Everyone. For example, the Holy Spirit, you know, we receive the Holy Spirit through faith. Galatians chapter 3, verse 14, and it tells us that, you know, it says Christ has become the curse of the law, for it's written, curses anyone who hangs on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, you know, and it says, and that we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith. So you receive Holy Spirit through faith. It is that important. The Bible says in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God for salvation to, for everyone who believes. That power, that manifest power, that dynamic d- power is manifest to us who believe. It's through faith. We also read the Holy Spirit by faith. You know, we receive the Holy Spirit by faith. We need faith for the promise of sonship and relationship. You know, you and I are now sons of God. That includes women. Glory to God. I usually say sons and daughters. But the Bible tells us we are all sons of God. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? But it is through faith. It is through faith. Galatians, uh, sorry, um, John chapter 1, verse 12 says, But as many as received him, to him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. It's for those who believe, those who have faith. So it's important. We need faith for healing and for miracles, for breakthrough. James tells us that we should, you know, if anyone is sick, they should call the elders so that they anoint them with oil. By the way, the onus is on the people who are sick to call the elders. It says, "Call the elders," and it says, "And then they will, and they will come, and they will anoint with oil." And the prayer of faith will bring recovery. The prayer of faith brings miracles. Mark sixteen seventeen, Jesus said, "And these signs shall follow those who believe. They will cast out devils." demons that are oppressing people we cast them out by faith Says they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover it's by faith those who believe will speaking other tongues is by faith speaking in tongues is by faith preaching is by faith prophesying is by faith all the gifts of the holy spirit it's by faith That's how important faith is. We access God's amazing grace through faith. Romans 5.2 tells us that we access this grace of God, this unmerited favor, this kindness and goodness and love of God. We access it by faith. And that grace is also the enabling power of God, the ability of God he gives us to live life. We access it by faith. Sometimes you feel weak, you feel you can't manage it. They say, Lord, give me your strength. Give me your grace. And you have to step and access that grace by the faith. By faith. The Bible tells us that faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Oh, please help me out and say hallelujah. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, everyone born of God, everyone born of God overcomes the world. Everyone. If you're born of God, you overcome the world. How many of you are born of God? The Bible says you overcome the world. You are an overcomer. Say I'm an overcomer because I'm born of God. Everyone born of God overcomes the world and notice what it says. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. It's faith folks. It's faith that overcomes the things, the challenges, the pressures, the the, the things that come against us in life. It's, It's our faith that overcomes. That's what gives us the victory. Jesus promised that we'll have trials and tribulation. He says we'll experience pressures in life. You know, he promised us that. He promised us in this life, you will have trials. Sometimes you're going to be persecuted. Sometimes people won't like the way you Your views, your doctrine. People may not like the way you praise God or pray or preach. People may not like the way the fact that you don't swear like everybody else. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But he said, Be of good cheer, be of good courage. I have overcome the world. And the Apostle John tells us the thing that overcomes the world, the victory that overcomes the world, is our faith. It's the victory. So faith makes us victors and not victims. Yes, you may start off as a victim, but when you begin to understand Bible faith and apply Bible faith and work Bible faith in your life, suddenly you turn from victim to victor. You see, you are destined to reign as a king and a priest unto God. The Bible tells us in the book of Revelations chapter 1, it says he has made us to be kings and priests unto God. We're supposed to reign in this life as kings unto God. We're supposed to be priests unto God. Amen? That means even prayer has to be by faith. Because you and I are priests. We're supposed to stand in the gap on behalf of other people, on behalf of our family members, our church members, our city. And you have to do that by faith. When you put on the mantle of the priest, you are standing in that gap. You are praying for others. And it's by faith. Hallelujah. You know something important? The Bible says that your faith is more precious than gold. You have something that is more precious than gold. You have something that is more precious than $30 billion. I know some of you don't believe that. But I choose to believe the Bible. He says your faith is more precious than gold. And yet, a lot of us don't spend much time developing our faith. You may have money, you may have gold and can get you some stuff, but gold can't fix that relationship. Gold can't get that rebellious son back to the Lord. Gold may not be able to help you recover from sickness. Gold may not be able to turn the city to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But faith can. I said, faith can. Faith can turn your life around. Faith can heal the brokenhearted. The balm of Gilead can be poured on people who are hurting and they can get healed. Cities can be transformed when God's people decide to pray, humble themselves, and they turn from their wicked ways. These things can happen when we have faith. It's more precious than gold. Folks, you have something that is more precious than gold. Your bank accounts may depress you, but you have something in the inside of you, that measure of faith that is more precious than gold. So this series is going to help each one of us become everything that God says we are. It's going to stare in us. That which God says is ours, we will begin to lay a hold of. Who he says we are, we'll begin to lay a hold of. Now the question is this, what is faith? What is faith? Now as I said earlier, the Bible defines what faith is. I love what the, the Bible defines, and I think the reason why the Bible defines these things is so that we have no misunderstanding about it. For example, the Bible defines what the fear of the Lord is. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is to depart from evil. Another place it says the fear of the Lord is to shun evil. It's defining what the fear of the Lord is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And the Bible defines what faith is. In the, in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 and also Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13. Today we're going to look at um, Hebrews chapter 11 1. And we're going to look at different characteristics of faith as we go along in the series. But um, in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. You've probably all heard the the specific quotation from New King James Version, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I have found that the New Living Translation's version of uh, definition of faith helps a lot. So I'm kind of going to stick to that in the NIV. It says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It's a simple definition, but I think it really crystallizes what faith is. Let me just read it again. Faith is the confidence. Can you say confidence? That what we hope for will actually happen. Then it goes on. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. And that word assurance is like it gives us a guarantee. Some other version says it's the evidence. Some other versions say it's the title deed. But essentially it's the, the, the guarantee, the assurance about things we cannot see. In other words, it's saying we may not be able to see it in the physical, but somehow there's a guarantee on the inside. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The NIV puts it this way. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So it's very similar. But I love the New Living Translation. is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. So there's a certain confidence about hope. It's linked to hope. Okay? It's linked to hope. So faith is confidence in hope. Faith is confidence in hope. Okay? It's, it's, it's so confident in hope that what you are hoping for will actually happen. Now that word confidence, different definitions for confidence, but it's essentially having full trust and belief in something or someone. Okay, So when you have that full trust, full belief, that consciousness that you know that is going to happen, that's what confidence is. And it's in confidence in hope. Faith is linked to hope. Every version, whether it's the amplified version, the NIV version, the Kim James version, it links something to hope. So faith and hope are linked together. And in fact, that's why sometimes people are in hope, but they're not in faith. There's the similarities of hope and faith, and there's also differences. And we're going to look at that today. Okay, but essentially it's confidence in hope. Many times when I look at my own life, and I look at the promises that have given me hope, you know, I I, I, I evaluate and say, "Am am I confident about this? Do I believe it's going to happen? When I think I'm beginning to doubt it's going to happen, I know I'm not in faith. Because faith is confidence in hope. If you're not confident... That what you are hoping for, that expectation, is going to happen. You are not in faith. And don't despair if you are not in faith. Glory to God. Because you can increase your faith. Amen?